Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. From the eight, and the give is to Harvey's across the 10, 15, RJ 20. He's free 25, 30. Go, RJ, 35, 40, 45 to the 50. He's got room to the 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, RJ Harvey, 92 yards. Boom. We're wrapping up the show here this morning on Herdat Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln. Shout out to my guy Alex chiming in from Holdridge, listening in Holdridge, Nebraska. All right. Our friends out there in central Nebraska, we love to uh, love to hear from you as we, as we uh, work through the show. Uh, joining us now as we wrap up the show here on a Thursday is Matt Merchel. He covers college football for the Orlando Sentinel. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. We are doing well. We appreciate you joining us. It's a uh, busy week in college football, several top 25 matchups, one relatively close to your neck of the woods in the SEC is going to get a lot of attention, Georgia and Tennessee. I'm curious how you feel about the Bulldogs this year. I thought they seemed vulnerable earlier in the season, but they really seem to have been getting their feet under them as of late. Have we gotten to the point where knocking off Georgia seems like a mightier and mightier task every week? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like that when you think about how Georgia's performed. You know, they've had their ups and downs this season. And I, as I told someone the other day, you know, this is it's difficult to win three straight national championships, obviously. So you know there was going to be a challenge for Kirby Smart, you know, going into this season. And I think part of that challenge early on was keeping his players up week in and week out. You know, I mean, you're the number one team in the country. You know, you've got to keep your players kind of feeling that, that there's something to play for. And I know it sounds crazy to say that, but – Sometimes players get lax and don't put in the extra, you know, don't put in the extra time in the weight room or don't maybe do the extra things they needed to do that they've done in the past. So I think they've kind of gotten the wake-up caller in the season and they've performed. Now, I don't think they're nearly as impossible to beat as they were maybe two years ago, but mm-hmm. um, it's going to be tough for them to have it. And, I mean, going against Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee obviously is nowhere near as, as dominant, you know, as, as they look like last year. So I think that's going to be the, the challenge is, I think Georgia doesn't face its biggest opponent until they get to Alabama in the SEC championship game. And, and I think that's going to be the one that really kind of tests to see how good this Georgia team really was this season. Matt, uh, I know you're a UCF guy. I told people to take the Knights last week, plus two and a half against Okie State. Hopefully people listened. <laughs> I just felt they were, they were due for that UCF blowout win. It seems like one always comes every year, and, and that's the game uh, that, that, that it happened. Um, and, and, you know, plus I kind of have this weird admiration for John Reese Plumley. I don't know where that stems from. It's, it's just there, too. How big was that win, though, for this UCF team in terms of their bull hopes? Well, it was huge, obviously. I mean, they're, they're hanging on that, you know, they're hanging in that really precarious situation where, you know, they needed to get two wins in the last three games to be bull eligible. You know, if they, if they don't, they didn't get that win against Oklahoma State, I think it's going to be almost nearly impossible for them to get those final two wins. 
against you know te- uh, Texas Tech and Houston. But now you get that blowout win uh, against the number 15 team in the country. You have a lot of buzz, a lot of momentum. You just kind of avoid a letdown this weekend. You know, you got you go on the road to Texas Tech, a team that's obviously coming off its own blowout win. I guess not blowout win, but coming off its own big win against Kansas last week. Uh, so your UCF, you, you really only need one win in the last two games to be bowl eligible. That's not how UCF is, is thinking. They want to win the last two games, and they would like to finish 7-5 and five and, and go from there and finish strong. I mean, it would be nothing better for this program to get together maybe a four-game winning streak to wrap up you know, the season uh, compared to where they went through that stretch where they had lost five in a row. You know? So um, it's not been the season they thought it was going to be in the Big Ten or Big 12, but again, this is the challenge right now, you know, is, is you're moving to a Power 5 conference, you're facing um, opponents who have maybe recruited a little better, recruited a little stronger, uh, the offensive, defensive lines are a little bigger, a little faster, and UCF's going to get there, it's just going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, Matt, I'm a little curious uh, about that transition into the Big 12, because as I look at the newcomers in the league, and we're going to see more and more of this as the the conferences continue to realign, obviously a big chunk of teams from the Pac-12 coming in next year, both to the Big 10 and Big 12. But as I look at the teams that are new to the Big 12 this year, nobody is better than 2-5 and five in conference what in your mind has been the biggest challenge, not necessarily just for UCF, but for all these teams making that transition from group of five to power five? What's been the biggest challenge in making that leap that's led to some of these struggles? Well, yeah, I think some of it is, is the depth. You know, I mean, I think a lot of the power five programs obviously have the resources and are able to, to you know, get uh, more players. You know, the depth is a lot deeper. You've got players who are power five depth at your number two and number three you know, units, um, you know, whereas, you know, for a lot of these other programs like UCF and Houston, you know, Cincinnati, you know, you didn't have that. You know, your, your, your second or third offensive line was nowhere near as strong as your first. Well, in, in the Big 12, I think your, your second unit is probably just as strong as your first. So I think depth has been an issue. I think identifying, you know, it's a different type of player that you're, you're recruiting. You know, when you're in a G5 group, you're, you're, you're not going to get those five-star kids most of the time. You're getting, if you're lucky, you get some four-stars, and then maybe you get a lot of three-stars. Well, when you get to that power five level, you know, you're going to have to start getting some of those five and fours. Um, you're seeing that now with some of, these, some of these programs and their recruiting trail. They're starting to get some of those guys. So I think that's where the time factor comes in. You know, eventually you're going to recruit better. And I also think it, it impacts the transfer portal. Now you're able to go to somebody and say, okay, we're playing in a power five conference or power four, however you want to look at it next year. We're playing in this power league. You know, come play for us, and it's going to have a, a, you're going to get a chance to play in national television all the time. So I, it's going to happen for these schools. You know, again, I think anytime you make a transition from a group of five to a power five, you're just going to have a little bit of a, of a bumpy road, and I think you're, you've kind of seen that so far. And I'm not also going to discredit the fact that travel has been a big issue for some of these teams. You know, they haven't necessarily had to go as far – as they had in some of these cases. And it's put a lot of pressure on, 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 a, on a smaller, weaker lineup sometimes. Matt, looking at the updated college football playoff rankings, Georgia overtakes number one over Ohio State, despite the Buckeyes staying perfect. Michigan and FSU are still in the mix, knocking on the door. You got Washington, Oregon, Alabama. Um, 
you know, there, there's a couple of different things that, that pass through my mind. You know, say Florida State closes out the year undefeated. Say Washington also is, um, you know, that team that stays undefeated most of the year, but then Oregon, you know, beats them in the Pac-12 championship game. We'll just say Georgia beats Bama for, for the sake of this conversation. Mm-hmm. But do you think Florida State, in, in any scenario, it, it has their spot guaranteed if they finish the season undefeated? Because I still don't think they do. I think it's going to be very close, guys. Let's put it that way. I, I mean, that's, that's got to be a concern for a lot of Florida State fans is because the fact that the ACC is not nearly as strong as it was at the beginning of the year in the last, in the last couple of years, there's some concern there. I mean, you know, Florida State fans have got to be rooting hard for Louisville this weekend. They need Louisville to beat Miami, and they need them to look good doing it. They need, they need both these teams to get to the, to, the, you know, to the ACC championship, and they need Florida State to get that win um, to get in there. I think it's very unlikely that, uh, that the selection committee would leave out an undefeated conference champion for a Power Five. But, again, you know, let's see what happens with you know, the Pac-12. Washington's going to finish with a, a much stronger schedule. Uh, you, know, you mentioned that. You, know, you look at what who they play. You know, they got a ranked opponent this weekend. They go Washington State. And then they get to, if they get to the Pac-12 championship, you know, you're probably more likely playing Oregon. You know, Oregon's going to be just right there as well. You look at their schedule. You know, they've got to finish up with a number you know, 11 Oregon State. Uh, so there, it's, it's a possibility. I mean, there, you know, it's going to be one of those reasons that I'm sure the selection committee is really grateful that, you know, we're moving to a 12-team playoff next year because you're getting a lot of scenarios. And I'm going to throw one at you guys right now. If Alabama beats Georgia mm. and Georgia gets that one loss in the SEC championship game, and you know the selection committee is going to put the SEC champion in the top four. Right. How, how do you drop Georgia out of the top four? I mean, they've been the number one team throughout most of the year. I mean, that would really throw a monkey wrench into all this stuff. So there are some scenarios where you're going to have a couple teams that are going to be really upset, a couple fan bases are going to be really upset at the end of the year because their team didn't make it in. Yeah, Matt, you make a good point with Georgia there, although they're a little bit in that same boat as Florida State where their schedule hasn't done them a ton of favors. Um, so that'll be super interesting if they do take that loss to Alabama. But I did want to touch back on Washington for a second, um, talking about that fourth and fifth college football playoff ranking spot. Washington against Oregon State, the biggest game of the weekend, the most uh, implications for the college football playoff for the weekend as well. And Washington goes into that as an underdog at Oregon State. What are you looking at in that game with kind of some clashing styles a little bit between the two teams? Yeah, you know, you want, what you want to see is you want to see Washington see if they can get back to how they were early on in the season. You know, they appeared to be pretty dominant on offense. They still have a very powerful offense, with obviously, with, with Michael Penix. But, you know, defensively, you know, they haven't been nearly as sharp as they've been in the past. I mean, they've struggled a little bit. Uh, they've given up a lot of points over the last three weeks. Um, you know, particularly disturbing is that Stanford game where, you know, they had to come back to win that game. They gave up 33 points on that end. Um, they've got to play better defense. You know, I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just the thing. I think Oregon State's a really tough defensive-minded team. They're going to do their best to, to try to get this win. Um, and and what, a, what a job that Johnson Smith has done, you know, when, when you look at Oregon State. I mean, obviously he's put together a, a great program over the last couple of years. So for me, for Washington, again, it goes back to – They've got to play turnover-free football. They've got to do a better job on the defensive side of the football. They've got to be able to get some stops early on and let their offense kind of take over because it's going to be a challenge. I mean, again, you're on the road. Um, winning on the road is really tough. And, you know, Washington is in that spot where they're, they're right there for a playoff spot, but losing to Oregon State would probably knock them, obviously, out of that game. That's Matt Merchel from the Orlando Sentinel. Matt, we appreciate your time. We'll catch up again soon.
All right, sounds good. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Matt. That's Matt Merchell from the Orlando Sentinel talking all things national college football. Appreciate his time as always. All right, that's all we have for today on a Thursday. Tomorrow, we've got another Football Friday jam-packed week. Got high school at the start of next week with their state championships. We got Nebraska, of course, we got NFL. That's all coming up and more on Herd Out Sports Radio on a Football Friday. We'll yes, see sir. you then.